Welcome to Real Estate Business Explained. On this show, we share insights to what it really looks like to build a real estate business from the inside, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm Sean, and as a coach and trainer, over the past 15 years, I've seen it all, and I wanna share what I've learned with you. So whether you're just getting started or you've already got a lot going on and you're just looking for something new, I'm confident there's gonna be something here for you. Let's get into it. Welcome to today's podcast. And on today's episode, what we wanna do is we wanna share three essential strategies to protect and convert your database. And this is something that I think is so important because as realtors, hopefully you're working really, really hard in order to grow the opportunities in your world. Regardless if you're one of these people who prefers to work by by referral or you're someone who goes out and knocks on doors or cold calls or or maybe you're somewhere in between and you have a strategy involving social media or you shoot you could even just be doing like desk time at your brokerage sitting at your brokerage hoping people walk in and answering emails while you wait regardless what strategy you use the reality of a real estate business is that we spend a lot of time working really hard to generate leads we spend hopefully of the most energized and focused hours of our day doing nothing else. Best practices, and you've heard me talk about this before, best practices are that you literally make this your number one priority every single day to generate new opportunities to grow your business. And it frankly makes me kind of sad because you see people sometimes who work really, really, really hard to generate and create opportunities for themselves but they fall short on follow through. And I've, I've been guilty of this myself. You know, when I, when I first started out, I didn't have a tremendous number of ways of generating leads. I just did open houses. And because I could only do those two days a week, I could have done them on other days realistically, but because there were only two days of the week where we had really great open houses, um, I had great follow up because I spent all week following up. But what happened was I hit a ceiling. So I hit this natural ceiling where I just, I couldn't get more momentum than what I was doing because I was only lead generating a couple days a week. And for me, I wanted to be able to do more. I wanted to grow my business. So I, I said, I've got to find something else. And I ended up finding door knocking and farming. And I got really committed to it, but I swung the pendulum all the way to the other side. What happened was I got really, really, really committed to making a daily practice of door knocking every single day of the week. And I, I did that at the expense of follow-up. So my business went from having not enough leads and really great follow-up and relationship building to the exact opposite, way more leads than I could handle, chaos in the way that they were organized, and I wasn't following up enough. And I lost a lot of money. So what I, I came to develop and what I've come to learn throughout my time in real estate is that there are a few simple things that if you just do them in your business will help you put a stopgap in place that will eliminate 99% of the lost transactions. Now, there's always gonna be some that get away from you, right? You might knock on someone's door or meet someone at a party or make a new connection and put them in your database and you could follow up perfectly, but then their brother gets their license uh, six months before they transact and they just feel obligated and they go that way, they don't return your calls, whatever. There's always gonna be some fall through. So the point of this is to make it so that you get the most that you can get out of the available leads that you have. And so I wanted to share three strategies I think are essential. These are things that you have to have in your mind. And if you do these, my, my experience and from what I've coached people to do 
is that you're gonna get just about everything you can get. Okay, so let's unpack this. The first one is to create an annual plan. And some of you might've heard of this or some of you, this might be brand new. So I am gonna just kind of describe what I mean first, but then I'm gonna get deep and I'm gonna explain that I'm not just meaning an annual plan saying X number of blanks and X number of blanks. What I am meaning is an annual plan for the experience that your clients have. So what we're talking about here though is generally referred to as a touch campaign. So this would be a campaign that you plan out in advance for the entire year. And the campaign would involve a certain number of key activities and touches. It's why we call it a touch campaign. So thinking about it from the most simplistic form, usually what this is usually gonna look like is gonna be 24 emails, four quarterly calls, some items of value, a couple events, and maybe a few Popeyes. And typically what we wanna see is we wanna see that this is gonna add up to somewhere between 30 and 60 times a year that you're in touch, excluding passive social media stuff. So if you're doing social media touches like you have daily posts or reels or whatever it is that you're doing, that's great. That's in addition to, if they don't open their social media that day, it's not like there's a message waiting for them. So they'll just miss it more than likely. So when we say this, this is email, phone, text message, and physically seeing someone, okay? So that's what a touch campaign is. So when I say experience, what do I mean? And why is it that if this is such a simple thing, do most people kind of mess it up? I'm gonna start with why most people really are challenged with this. If you think about it, it sounds so simple. 30 to 60 times a year, I do something. The problem is, is that our life in real estate isn't consistent in terms of the amount of activity that we spend fulfilling our clients. So even if you wake up every morning and you say, every, every day I make 10 calls, that sounds easy. You're like, well, I should do the same amount of work every day. But the problem is, is that throughout the course of the year, we have a different level at different times of year of fulfillment that we have to care for our clients. If you're in the, the high season, you could be slammed and not even get to make your 10 calls. And then in the low season, you could be making 100 calls and you're quitting at noon. So the, the problem is, is that people tend to start with the best intentions, but they lack follow through because they just get busy. So how do we address this? Well, well first of all, if you wanna do this at a high level, the, the number one reason people mess this up is they don't have a plan. Now, when I say a plan, I mean, you gotta get specific about this. Like, if, if you're building a plan, not only do you need to know how many of each thing you're gonna do, you need to set dates for the big rocks. You need to have a system by which you address rolling out the little stuff. If you're doing something repetitive, like the perfect example is a email newsletter. If you're doing an email newsletter, well, you should take the time up front, invest the time up front, build the template, come out with the monthly themes, understand which times of year you're gonna be doing the extra little uh, value adds or the contests, build all that out in advance. Because what's gonna happen is when you get busy, you'll drop the ball on something or you'll forget. Whereas if it's easy and it's already, it's already half done, then you're gonna, you're gonna be able to do it in so much less time that it's not gonna be something you put off and you delay and, and you end up eventually just completely dropping the ball on. The second reason, the second reason that people really have problems with follow through on their annual plans 
is they overcomplicate it. They overcomplicate it. So what'll happen is they'll say, yeah, okay, well, I'm gonna you know, have a social media campaign that ties to my email campaign. I'm gonna have contests here that will do the prizes here and we'll need to make sure that we have a vacation in Cabo available for this date and this date. And I'm gonna make sure that these clients get these ones. And I'm gonna segment my database into all these different groups and different groups are gonna get different things on different days. Well, you could totally get there. You could totally get there and that would be so cool if you did, but how about just doing something that's good enough to get started? Just start with good enough. It doesn't have to be exceptional. And remember, a lot of this stuff isn't gonna get opened. And I don't mean that to be disheartening, but you know, if you get a 35% open rate on your email, that is like exceptional in any industry. Most industries like 10 or 15%. So be comfortable with the fact that a lot of what you're doing with these touches is just reminding people you exist. They're not gonna read every blog. They're not gonna watch every video. The point isn't that they're going to consume every single little thing. The point is that they see your name and then they see your name again and then they see your name again. And every time they think, that's nice, that's nice. Ooh, that one looks neat, I'll read that one, okay? The third reason that people mess this up is they don't block time to fulfill it. So you take the time at the beginning of the year and, and you create this huge plan and it's beautiful and it's perfect and everything just like, oh, it's beautiful. And, and you did the work to make it easy on yourself later. You created the templates, you wrote the monthly themes, you know what you're gonna say, but then you get busy and you forget to send the email. And then the next month you forget to send two emails and all of a sudden it's been six or eight weeks and you haven't sent anything out to your database. So remember, this is lead generation. I know that you're not generating new leads, but you are getting people to raise their hand. You're generating referrals by implementing this. So if you're gonna do this, know that it's okay to take a day off of your regular grind once or twice a, a month and just dedicate yourself to fulfilling this. I promise you, whatever you lose because you weren't you know, making the referral calls or going out and knocking on doors, whatever it is that, that you lose over on that side of the business will come back in droves because you kept consistent in people's minds. This is gonna do so much of the heavy lifting for you if you're consistent with it. So just make a commitment and block it into your calendar as part of your process. At the beginning of the year, when you map out your plan, you put your, your touches together, you have everything laid out, go into your calendar and block out maybe just one morning a week. You could totally take one day a week and this would be a great use of it. Make it your flex day on Friday, right? I, I always say you book your, your lead generation goals into four days and Friday's your catch up day. Well, this is something that you could do in the evening because it's not time sensitive that you do it at a certain time of day. So put it on your fifth day and just have it as like a relaxing reward for yourself that you hit your goals. Okay. so. If we know what messes people up when they're trying to do it, well, the next question is, what could people do that would make this exceptional? And, and here's what I'm gonna tell you. Think about it not from what you're pushing to them, but think of it from the experience they're receiving from you. Think about the experience they receive, okay? What experience do you want them to have? So a couple examples of how I would think about this when I was mapping it out, okay? So first of all, why not think about seasonality? And this one goes deeper than just like, you know, happy holidays and happy Easter and, you know, 
Happy Canada Day or whatever the thing is that you're, you're putting your shoulder into at the moment. It's more than that. Think about what time of year would make the most sense for them to give you a referral. Think about what time of year would make the most sense for you to show gratitude to them. Think about what time of year it would make the most sense just to bring un, uh, you know, unasking gratitude. Like you just show up with, uh, or sorry, gratitude, I, I meant value. Well, unasking value. Like you just show up and bring value to them. You're not asking anything in return. You're just like, hey, here's a gift or hey, I just wanted to say thanks. And I noticed that you were reading all the stuff I send out and I just, it makes me feel great to know that people get value from it. Thank you. It could be anything. It could be small, but just think about when in the year each of those things would make sense. Like for example, in January, I really wanna get people's hands up if they're thinking about moves this year. Usually over New Year's is where people kind of formalize in their minds what they're going to do. In, in January and February as well, I'd really like to know about your referrals because that, that for me is often gonna be my high season. Depending on when your high season is, I'd back it up two or three months and I'd do a referral campaign. It's a no-brainer, right? Like if most of the people move in Q2, you should be asking for referrals in Q1 so you're warming up the stove, okay? Now, the other thing that you should think about is the personalities in your database. So we all know DISC, like the dominant, the influencer, the, the social type, the steady and cautious type, and then the analytical type. Well, if your database only speaks your personality style, it's not gonna be very engaging for the other three personality styles. So think about, and there's a ton of different personality assessments, but think about what personalities live in your database, regardless which one you subscribe to. Think about the ones that live in your database and think about what they want to hear. Don't craft a message that appeals to you. Who cares what you want? You're not buying from yourself, they are. So think about what they want and speak to them, speak to, the, the needs and wants and the dreams and the insecurities of the people who are in your database, they're going to engage with it so much more because you're gonna be bringing them personal value. And then finally, when you're thinking about the experience, think about giving them opportunities to engage with you. Remember, we wanna do this to remind them about ourselves throughout the course of the year, but also we want them to engage back. So, what are you doing with your database to invite them to do that? Examples could be sending them uh, a little bit of an update on value on their home with some questions surrounding, you know, if you've done any updates or if you want more, inf more information that's accurate. Simple things, contests and giveaways go a really long way. You can even find ways to integrate social media and telephone and email. So when you're running a campaign, everything's congruent. And if they're not, not part of one, the competition or whatever you're doing to drive, in, drive engagement in that, that segment of the campaign could help feed the other one. So ideally you grow to a place where you have full contact info, you have full permission on all of the, the ways that you communicate from your database, like they're, they're on your email list, they haven't unsubscribed, they, they're taking your calls, they have their text messages, you know, they're responding, and they're adding you on social, all of a sudden, it's so much easier for you to be front of mind, okay? So think about how to engage them and use the times that you give them opportunities to engage as a way to make sure that you have them on all your platforms. Okay, that's the first one. We really wanna just design our, our annual year as an experience. What do they experience as a member of your database, okay? 
The next thing that I want to say is if you want to make sure that you're getting the highest return, well, one of the most important strategies is to think about referrals. And when, when you're doing referrals, what my perspective is, is that you should lead with value and then you should demonstrate gratitude. Lead with value and demonstrate gratitude. So let's talk about leading with value. Basically, if, if you look at what most realtors do, what most of them do is, and this is if they're good, most of them don't even do this, but if they're good, they'll call their database four times a year and ask for a referral. But what have you done as their realtor to earn that? Where, what value did you bring to give you the right to those referrals? What, what have you delivered to them that would make them say, man, I've got to find some way to, to get Sean back. Like he's done so much for me. So then when you give that referral call, they're like, yes, absolutely. How do I deliver it to you? I want to make sure you get it. What are you doing to earn those referrals? What value are you bringing? Okay. So when you go back to the experience of the annual touch campaign, think about value at every step. And I'm just going to pause. This does not need to be expensive, right? Like I was talking about the idea of sending a quarterly update on value. This is a brilliantly simple thing that you can do that your clients would be so grateful for. If I own stocks, I mean, I want to know what they're worth every year. I don't have to go digging and trying to figure out how all those charts work. It confuses me. I'm, that's not my, my zone, but if I got money in them, I should be knowing this stuff. So if you're their professional, wouldn't it make sense for you to be the, the, their liaison to knowing what their home's worth? How about simple little things? You know, one of my favorites is just simply offering to help people have their family photos taken every year. This is something most people don't get to and or if they do, it costs a lot of money. But what about getting a photographer and, and having people come, you know, for 15 minute slots and then sending out emails with all of your clients, family photos? What a beautiful thing for you to do. It doesn't have to cost a ton of money. I mean, you can get a photographer for maybe a thousand dollars a day if that's a, a a landmark touch for your entire database for a thousand bucks. And even if they don't make it, they're like, you know what? That's awesome. I'm really grateful that he offered that. And next year we're for sure going to go. It stands out. Doesn't need to be expensive. If you have a, a hundred or a thousand people that you divide that cost between the amount that it costs for each person is so small compared to the value it represents. So find ways to lead with value. And then I say deliver and demonstrate gratitude. What do I mean by that? Well, you lead with value, you educate and remind your clients that you are always grateful and always, always, you know, building your business under the premise that referrals are a foundational aspect of it. So you're teaching them, you're bringing value, you're teaching them, you're reminding them that you want referrals. Well, the next thing that you need to do is when you receive a referral, you need to demonstrate to them that you're grateful. So this is something that often goes overlooked you need to have a system for doing this. So when you receive a referral, what's the process? It doesn't need to be huge, but you need to show them you're grateful. It could be, I send movie tickets, I call the referral, I call them and say, thank you, I just spoke to the referral and here's what's next for us. You call them again throughout the referrals process, right? If that person shops with you for two months, when you get the home under contract, you call the person who sent them to you. They shouldn't be left in the dark. It's a celebration. It's an opportunity for you to make sure that they know and are in the loop. Otherwise, they don't look smart. 
Otherwise, they're just going to be like, yeah, I don't even know if, if you converted that person. So deliver gratitude in a systematic way. Now, a couple guidelines. First of all, every referral needs to have gratitude attached to it. It doesn't need to be huge. But remember, the golden rule with referrals is it is not your client's responsibility to qualify your referrals. So if they send you someone and the person can't afford to buy, if they send you someone and the person's a jerk or they never meet you or it doesn't turn into anything, that is still something that you should be grateful for because they don't know how to qualify real estate transactions. It's our job to do that. So we, we, we show gratitude on all of them. And again, it can be really small. It could be a gift card. It could be movie tickets. It could be something... Uh, it, it could just be a very nice thank you call, okay? Obviously, I'm just going to pause here and say if you're giving thank yous in exchange for referrals, do it in a way that is compliant with the regulations of your board. And I'm going to keep moving and just say beyond that first touch, that first thank you, the next thing that you should do is remember that when the deal closes, you should show gratitude again. Remember, I said throughout the transaction. So right in the beginning, when you first meet them, some milestone markers like the sold sign going up, that kind of thing, and then pop by and say thank you afterwards. These little things make a huge, huge difference, okay? So number two, again, we want to lead with value by just making it great for them. And then once we receive referrals, because we're constantly reminding and educating our clients that we want them, once we re receive referrals, we show gratitude consistently and we do it in a systematic way, not in a way that would become obvious to our clients. Like don't overdo it, do make it personal, but have a system behind it so that you don't forget because you'll forget you'll get busy. And that person who sent you a referral, if they never hear thank you, why would they feel like they should refer you again? You ask them and ask them and ask them and, and teach and teach and teach them that it's something that you want, but you don't even say thank you. Shame on you. Shame on you, right? Yeah, we, we've got to actually, you know, follow through on this. Okay, the third strategy to make sure that you convert as many deals as you can out of your database is to have a combination of standardized and customized follow-up. So we talked about standardized. That's just the first one that we started with, right? Standardized is going to be your annual action plan. It's where you say, Every month, I send two emails to everyone. Everyone gets the same email twice a month. Every, every quarter, everyone gets called at least once. Twice a year, we have an event. Three times a year, we do pop-bys with items of value, right? So whatever it is that you have going on, that's your standardized communication. And if someone doesn't have plans, or they have plans like five or 10 years from now, that's a great place to leave them. Because if you think about it, almost every single one of these plans is going to have quarterly calls. This is one of the core concepts to having an annual touch campaign. You got to call people, okay? Uh, email's great. Social media is great. You, business happens on the phone. A lot of people don't look at the, the noise on their computer or their phone. So get them on the phone. So you got to do that four times a year, which means if you're talking to people four times a year, you're going to shake out the referrals and any changes in their life plans on those four calls. You're not going to miss them, right? So for example, um, call number one, if it was January in my market, that's right before we have our high season really kick up. 
I would call up and I'd say, you know, happy new year. We're just checking in with all our clients. By the way, what's your real estate game plan look like this year? And they'll usually say like, oh, I don't know. I'll say, hey, no problem. Just, just that I understand, like, can you tell me more? If you don't know, what, what do you, what are you thinking? And they say, well, you know, I really, I'm not thinking anything. And I say, okay, well, if you did have a plan, what would that look like? So I'm going to, I'm going to pull deep a little bit. I'm just going to invite them to elaborate. If they don't have any plans, that's fine. But I just want to make sure that I don't leave it up to chance. I'm also going to remind them I want a referral. Hey, by the way, you know, it's that time of year where a lot of families are planning to move. Who can you think of? I'm going to be very direct about it. Who can you think of that might be planning to move this year? Pause. Call number two, just pure value. Hey, you know, we've got our springtime event coming up. Wondering if you're going to come for the Easter egg hunt or whatever it is that, that time. By the way, you know, we're always looking to serve more people like you. I'm, I'm waiting for you to move because I miss hanging out, but you haven't moved in a while. Do you have any friends who are awesome that I could introduce myself to that might need my help sometime soon? Boom. Call number three. Again, in my market, we had two main seasons. It was spring and fall. So I'm going to be leading up to the, the fall conversation. And it's just going to be pure referral. Hey, just wanted to check in. You know, we're, we're closing in the last half of the year. My goal is to help 100 families. Right now, we are at 65. And I'm just curious who you know that I should know that I might be able to make one of the families we serve this year. Pause. Maybe even remind them a little bit. Say, hey, you know, maybe it's someone from work. Maybe it's someone that your kids are friends with. Maybe it's someone at your church. Can you think of anyone? Pause. So you're going to do those four calls. And then the last call of the year is perfect. You just do gratitude. So over those four calls, you're going to shake out the referrals. You're going to shake out anything that might happen with them. So that's your standardized communication. They're getting the emails. They come to the events. You do the Popeye. And the four calls are where you make sure that no one's falling through the cracks if they had changes in their plans. And... Inside your database, you're going to have a lot of people who aren't moving. But you also have some people, hopefully, that are going to move in the next couple of years. So that standardized plan is for the people who don't actively have a move planned. For the people who are planning a move, you, you can't just trust that. And here's why. I like to think of it like the, the, the net under the trapeze artist. These people almost never fall. But if they do, they don't want to die. And just like us, we could call people four times a year and most of the leads aren't going to, to fall through the cracks. But man, in a lot of markets, if they do fall the cracks through the cracks, that could be like 10, 20, 30, $50,000, right? We don't sell a lot of homes. We, we do well when we sell homes, but we don't sell a lot of them. So what we want to do is we want to have a backup measure. And great news. This is the customized side. The customization is really simple. All you need is to have a task associated with every contact that's moving in the next few years. And the task is just a due date. This is like, I got to call Sean on or before April 15th. So I'm that he pops up in my database April 10th. And I know that I got to get him this week. So everyone in your database who is considering a move in the next two years should have a call associated with them. Now, if they're like, there's no chance I'm moving this year, I'm moving in two to three years, let's talk then you keep them on the quarterly check-ins. But what you do is you put a task a minimum halfway to their, their close date because you might not get them when you do the quarterly calls. But that task, that is a line in the sand. You can't go past that. So what you know you need to do is you'll try them. You might move the task out a week, try again. You might try it again a week later. If you don't get them, then you'd be smart to maybe, you know, go knock on a door or 
send a message on social, you're gonna start to look for other ways to make sure that you're not going to miss the boat just because they're busy, okay? The beauty is if you run a team, these, um, these tasks are a great way to make sure that your agents aren't dropping the ball on their relationships too. On, on my team, we used it as a way to monitor. We knew that every single person had a due date associated with them and we could see how many tasks overdue every member of our team had. Okay, so, so let's just slow down, we'll back up. Overall, what you need is a clear, simple plan that isn't gonna be too complicated to roll out and you need to block time to implement it on a weekly basis, maybe bi-weekly if you've really systemized it and or if you're going light on the touches, okay? This is what's gonna care for the majority of your database. Beyond that, remember as you're building it, lead with value. Think about how you can bring massive value to the people who receive the correspondence and the communication and the touches that you're using. And then when you receive referrals, because you will receive referrals, show gratitude. Show them gratitude for the fact that they did that for you. This is so important. Otherwise, they will feel wronged, okay? And then finally, use your standardized communication to manage everyone and give extra care to the people who have a move planned. And it can be as simple as just having a due date for each of them. I hope that you use this stuff. Plug it into the way that you're running your business and I guarantee you're gonna make a couple extra deals at the very least. And uh, you know what? Without that, even if you just do one or two things from here, I'm sure it'll make a difference. So I'm grateful that you took the time to, to watch or to listen. If you have questions, you can reach out to us. We'll, we'll include some contact options in the show notes or in, and in, the, in the, the description in the comments. And until the next one, we'll see you soon.